welcome to our GTR Trade Insights podcast. I'm Shannon Manders, GTR's Editorial Director. Now, the topic of this episode is Canada, where an increasing number of companies are turning to supply chain finance programs to improve the efficiency of the cash conversion cycle, to safeguard supply relationships, and to drive the ESG agenda. So we're going to be speaking to John Landry, who is Managing Director, Treasury and Trade Solutions, Head of City Canada, for his thoughts on what's happening in this space. Our discussion follows the article titled Doing Business in Canada, which showcases John's views on this growing trend um, and is published in our GTR Plus Supply Chain Finance publication. Welcome, John. Hi, Shannon. Thank you. Now, John, we understand that the supply chain finance market in Canada today is quite nascent. Uh, Why is that? And what's driving demand and interest in these programs? Thanks, Shannon. And um, so so a couple things come to mind. Firstly, you know, why is the market uh, nascent? And, you know, from that perspective, the the first that comes to mind is it's traditionally been a natural resources. And over the last 30 years, transitioning to a services economy, which traditionally, you know, initially didn't seem to fit uh, the supply chain finance proposition as as it had been envisioned over the past two decades. Um, The second, I would say, is the conservative finance culture in Canada. And while we saw the benefits of that, that conservative, relatively conservative culture, when the global financial crisis came on and, you know, Canadian banks and companies were largely insulated, on the other hand, it also means that it, Canadian finance culture has also been somewhat slower to uptake on new structures sometimes. And the third reason why I think it's been a bit slow uh, in terms of uptake um, has been that you know initially the, this was a conversion of factoring programs. And uh, while that is a uh, good starting point, um, it wasn't you know there were a limited number of fin- uh, factoring programs in the market to start with. And so um, beyond factoring, it's taken some education of the, of the marketplace. And you ask what's driving uh, demand and interest in the program. So again, probably three things come to mind. So firstly, there's the traditional benefits of working capital uh, that come from supply chain finance programs. So enhanced working capital for both the buyers and suppliers, enhanced flexibility around payment and collection, and those traditional uh, core benefits of supply chain finance program remain very relevant. A second dynamic that has driven more decision-making recently in supply chain finance programs has been around risk reduction. And in particular, in the COVID environment, where different parts of supply chains can be affected differently, particularly thinking about the evolving situation in many different countries and how those are uh, out of sync from each other. And so we think about an example, um, if you find a restaurant who is famous for their flavor of their coffee, and to achieve that, they need to have consistent, reliable supply of beans on time from suppliers across the world. And you can't substitute those, those inputs, those beans, or you change the flavor, and that risks the company's unique selling proposition. And so in that example, we've seen companies choose to roll out supply chain finance programs to be sure that their suppliers were, uh, had access to liquidity and had loyalty and, uh, 
and reliability in terms of continuing to receive that supply and be able to continue to uh, achieve their goals in the marketplace. So just a, you know, a real world example there of, of risk reduction. And finally, you know, a third driver of uh, increasing supply chain finance programs in Canada has been the importing of uh, supply chain programs. So in an increasing number and pace of companies who utilize supply chain finance programs at their uh, home office headquartered you know, outside of Canada, or their subsidiaries that are now launching or, or operating in Canada, and they adopting those supply chain finance programs as a part of their overall corporate strategy. Thanks, John. Um, so what sort of issues are Canadian companies looking to address with the implementation of supply chain finance programs? So a few, a few things you're trying to achieve. You know, working capital, um, while important, and I just touched on a moment ago, um, has been somewhat less of an emphasis recently. And in particular, with the glut of liquidity in the marketplace, you know, work, the pressure on working capital for many sec se uh, segments of the market uh, has been uh, under less pressure than, than before. Uh, and I, but I did, I did touch on risk reduction, and in particular, risk reduction of non-substitutable inputs that I, I just gave that example around, around the, coffee, uh, the coffee restaurant. Uh, but also uh, aging, aging and out-of-date and non-integrated financing factoring programs with multi-currency, multi-country, data-rich, and integratable to ERP systems has become much more of a, a priority and a buying point for, for companies considering supply chain finance programs. The traditional you know, factoring programs or um, even you know, most supply chain finance programs available in the marketplace um, you know, they are often paper-based. They perhaps don't integrate into uh, the core systems of our treasury finance and, and procurement uh, components of our, of our clients. And, and that's become a demand. Um, you know, clients are demanding that the data be uh, available in their systems, that it be across the multi-countries that they, they operate in, um, and they, they demand it be multi-currency. And so those are you know, some of the things that they're thinking about. And you know, the last uh, being again, foreign companies who's, who are running programs elsewhere, but they're coming to Canada. And you know, as they cascade their corporate uh, strategy uh, across their, their treasury organizations and their arms around the world, um, that continues again to be a real driver uh, of you know, wanting to have consistent infrastructure inside the, the treasury arms of, of, of clients. Thanks, John. So changing tack ever so slightly, um, ESG goals, as we know, are being actively embedded into company values and into you know, board oversight. But how can treasurers and procurement leaders demonstrate alignment with their new corporate goals? This is a more recent development, and certainly as uh, environmental, social, and governance topics have become more prevalent uh, in the conversation in the business environment, those goals, as you say, are being uh, enshrined and articulated more formally in, in organizational plans. And if you think about in the finance arm, the treasury uh, area, and procurement, you know, they traditionally have had fewer tools available uh, to really demonstrate alignment to some of the uh, ESG goals that, that, that have been adopted in the past. And so if you're a treasurer, for example, 
um, or, if, or in finance, you, know, you may have had an opportunity to issue debt with an ESG component to it, but your tools really to demonstrate alignment to those corporate ESG goals have been very, very limited. And what we found is as we speak with companies about their own goals, and we speak with the treasurers and finance departments and, and procurement groups, uh, when we introduce the idea of layering ESG incentives into the supply chain programs, you know, firstly, it's, it's an idea that, that is fresh and new, uh, I think in just about every client conversation I've had recently. But you, know, you also see um, real engagement around uh, people wanting to and now seeing an avenue to uh, progress the company's uh, worthwhile social goals in a way that is very actionable, very transparent, very obvious, um, and, and by the way, still achieves all of the really um, positive outcomes of a supply chain finance program. Thanks, John. And then finally, can you please outline the work that City is doing to help companies achieve their sustainability objectives, uh, particularly in the supply chain finance space? City's doing quite a lot to help our clients achieve uh, ESG progress. And in particular in supply chain finance space, uh, one thing that we do is we layer a company's ESG goals into a supply chain finance program. So starting with a, a traditional uh, fully featured multi-currency, multi-market uh, supply chain finance program, we can then sit down with clients to translate their ESG goals into measurable figures and standards that they would like to promote into their supplier network. So for example, if a company has a particular goal around minority ownership of suppliers, or a company has a specific goal around recycling standards or employment practices, for example, they can set out metrics that we translate and apply to their supply chain finance program. And with the help of the company, they can set goals for their suppliers. City then employs a third party to independently monitor their supply network against the goals that they've set. And the suppliers that meet those goals can see an advantageous discount rate on their program. And so this makes goal setting very actionable, very directly related to the company's ESG goals and standards, but it makes it a sustainable, ongoing, self-reinforcing approach to progress on, on environmental, social, and governance goals. Great. Thanks very much, John. It's been a pleasure speaking with you as always. Uh, appreciate you sharing your thoughts. Um, and I do encourage our listeners to go and have a read of the article, Doing Business in Canada, which is available on the GTR site. Thank you very much. Thank you.